Hello and welcome back to the Punt Return podcast. A slightly different punt return this week with Nick stepping away this week as he enjoys some quality time with the fam. And stepping into his seat is one of the OGs and founding members of this podcast. It's Josh White. Josh, pleasure to have you on, mate. It's good to be back. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a shame Nick isn't Nick isn't around to, to have a bit of a yarn with, but uh, I think uh, this is a pretty good uh, endeavour to, to I think the first time we've really ever spoken face to face. Yeah, as that's well. it. We've so had a few while on rec- <laughs> Twitter barbs, and we've just got to know each other for five minutes before this record. But um, yeah, no, it's um, it's great to have you on, mate, and 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 meet you in in well virtually face to face, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. In this crazy world that we still live in, but yeah, look, um, looking forward to tonight's show. Obviously, we're going to miss Nick, um, but look, let's be honest, we kind of need a refresh and and a bit of a an uplift in this show because we've been going very poorly uh, the last couple of weeks. So hopefully, oh, you're that you the winning formula, mate. <laughs> no, mate, I've I've had an ad. Maybe it's because I'm not doing the show this this year and I'm not putting as much time and effort. And part part of that's you know the reason I did step away was my is my little my little girl Scarlett who, who Nick also has a daughter named Scarlett funnily enough but yeah he's um, I'm like having, you stole yeah, his name <laughs> I stole his name um, uh, my wife stole the name actually so um if she if he if he has beef he can he can take on her and I don't like his chances yeah um, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah I'm having an absolute shocker of a of a season um, I'm in like a picks tipping comp and I think I've come in the top ten three straight years and I think I'm in the bottom five this year. I'm just having an absolute shocker. So maybe maybe you've turned to the wrong person. But I will say the last couple of weeks I've actually started to to get my role on a little bit. So maybe um maybe if if momentum is a thing, maybe I've got it right now and uh we'll we'll see how we go. But I think uh you and I our, our, our chemistry will be kind of like a, a receiver on a new team. I think yeah. we might have some we might have some bumps early on, but I think by the end of the show we'll be rolling mate and we'll be firing on all cylinders sounds good to me yeah look like i said like you said it's been a brutal few uh brutal season really but the last few weeks in particular for nick and i have just been uh a wipeout but look we're we're keen to get back on track with your help this week and remember if you do like the show please give us a rating and a review on facebook and on itunes or wherever you listen to our podcast uh, please continue to engage with us as much as possible on social media uh, but without further ado, let's get into it. And just the one listener question this week from Chopano. Uh, Daniel asks, are San Fran a sneaky threat to make another Super Bowl run? They're now 5-5 five and five with two of those losses coming against the Cardinals, and they looked great against uh, the Rams a fortnight ago in that win. Any thoughts on that one, Josh? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, I, I talk about San Fran and and uh, Minnesota in depth when we get to that game. I, I've got some really – both those teams are, are quite perplexing at the moment, so uh, I'll be keen to chat a little bit about that matchup in particular. But, I mean, the, the losses against Arizona, especially the one against Colt McCoy, was specifically really, really bad. Like, completely outcoached by Cliff Kingsbury, which um, if you, you listened last season, I know Dan did, and I'm familiar with Dan, and um, it's – it's um, to, to be out coached by Cliff Kingsbury that way is kind of embarrassing. But at the same time, they're, they're number one in EPA per play since since week eight. So they're actually moving the ball well. And maybe that loss was, you know, you know people say that it's a loss someone ha- needs to have. And maybe it was. And maybe that's something Kyle Shanahan's taken to heart and gone back to the drawing board. But I do think with the way the season is going, I think, and what we saw last year with Tampa winning from the five seed, it, it, like anything can happen this season. We, we've seen it on any given week. It's just it's just been 
it's been crazy. Like the amount of upsets and outright like double digit favorites losing outright and things like that. It, 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 it just, it's just been so, so wild. So I do think, I mean, if they make the playoffs um, and, and are healthy, um, I, I really like Kyle Shannon. I think he's a great coach. So yeah, I, I think they could go on a run, but it, it's just hard, especially with their division. They're so loaded. So they've got to get there first. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's about getting to the playoffs, isn't it? I mean, the NFC is just so stacked and those wildcard spots are going to be very hotly contested as we head into the, the latter part of the season. But like you said, that, that loss against the Cardinals was just mind-blowingly bad. Like it, it couldn't yeah. have been worse, um, a worse game script for them. And to come out and do what they did on Monday Night Football against the Rams the following week was pretty impressive. And and that's, like you said, maybe Kyle Shanahan went back to the drawing board that week and he, he certainly outcoached McVeigh on, on that occasion that night. So... Look, yep. like you said, he might have tweaked a few things and, and they certainly have got their groove on with two uh, huge wins the last couple of weeks. I mean, mind you, they did only beat the Jags last week. But yeah, huge test this week against, yeah, just an equally just as hard to work out team, as you said, in, in Minnesota. And look, it's going to be, it's one of the games of the week. Um, we, we, we were talking off air how there are some amazing games this week, but there's some absolute stinkers in there thrown in there as well. So <laughs> oh it's my God. a bit of yeah, hit and miss this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some absolute disasters. Um, uh, look, as, as we mentioned, it's been a bit of a write-off for Nick and I the last couple of weeks. Last week, week 11 saw us put in another stinky one. Uh, Nick and I each went one and two <laughs> with our best bets. No long shots got up, uh, but one player prop did, thankfully, on Thursday Night Football. So, yeah, like I said off the top, Josh, uh, hopefully you can steer the ship back in the right direction uh yeah because it's been a tough slog over the last three weeks Jeez. um i feel like seen... you just throw an aaron donald in my face like yeah. <laughs> all this pressure <laughs> <laughs> look uh we'll just we'll get into it then week 12 we've got uh, arizona and kansas city on buys this week so two impressive teams uh sitting away from the, this week so for fantasy players that might be a tough one to kind of cover with um two um very offensive minded teams sitting on the bye but yeah it gets off um kicks off this week with a thanksgiving game in the early hours of uh monday morning uh, sorry friday morning in melbourne and sydney time here uh thanksgiving of course in the states it's chicago at detroit chicago are minus three favorites with a total at 41 and a half and look i, I don't think even 90 years of tradition can make this a watchable game to be honest look the storylines of course in this one uh will be if Indeed, Matt Nagy, is it his last game in in charge at Chicago? Um, it's been rumoured uh, this week that he will be losing his job potentially this week, um, win, lose or draw coming into this one. And, and of course, the other one being if Dan Campbell and his Lions can break their winless streak. And look, my gut says they, they can, but my head isn't so sure. And look, it's a definite stay out for me. And But I do hope the Motor City can have something to smile about on Thanksgiving. They have lost four straight Thanksgiving games, including two against the Bears, and they've also lost eight straight games at Ford Field. So it's a hard one to get excited about and a play that I'm not going to get involved in at all, mate. Any thoughts on this one? If, you're, um, if your career was on the line, um, how, how comfortable would you be with Andy Dalton um, being the one <laughs> playing quarterback for you with your career on the line? It's oh. like, it must not be a good feeling. Well, he had more faith in Andy at the start of the season, didn't he? So let's yeah. see where his eggs are in. I mean, it, it's still a chance Justin could play this week, isn't there? Like, there's, they haven't uh, kind of said they have, way. They have, no, they have, they have confirmed Dalton oh, will start. Dalton is so, starting, um, I mean... It's a tough one. I think Fields obviously has more upside, but I do think Dalton gives the Bears a more 
stable, I guess, offense. So it's hard. Like he's obviously more turnover prone and, and doesn't have that rushing upside and, and can convert first down. But I do think from an accuracy point of view in, in terms of passing, um, I do I think Dalton is probably helps helps the Bears in that regard. But I, I agree with you. I want absolutely no part in this game whatsoever from a from a gambling point of view. Um, I've gotten up early for Thanksgiving for the last ten years, and I think I'm going to sleep in this year. I just I just don't want to watch this game. Like there's just nothing here to really enjoy. The Bears are very unwatchable, even with Fields, um, you know, with his occasional highlights. But yeah, look, I'd, I want the, the Lions to get a win, like you said, but. Um, I don't, I don't want to see a team go winless this year. So I guess if you had to press me on a betting angle, it would be Darnell Mooney overs. I think Dalton, you know, most of his career was tossing sort of long bombs, 50-50 balls to, to AJ Green. And I think Mooney's quite talented enough to take a couple for, for some big players or possibly to the house. So um, that'll be my angle if I'm, if I'm looking at this game at all. But yeah, I'm with you. It's definitely a stay away from me. Yeah, they certainly had some chemistry last week when when Dalton was kind of entrusted into the game and he gave the Bears offense a much-needed spark and and almost pulled off that improbable win. But, yeah, like you said, it, it's a game very um, to get not very excited about at all. And like you said, I, I, Darnell Mooney might be worth having a look at some player props uh, for yep. those that are degenerate enough to play on that game. Yeah. Thankfully, the, the rest of the Thanksgiving slate is uh, a little bit more promising and, and we'll start with the next game on the slate, which is Las Vegas travelling to to Dallas. Dallas are seven and a half point favourites. The total is 51 and a half. Uh, look, I have this Dallas minus eight and a half. Um, so if it gets to a flat seven or, or even under seven, which is probably highly unlikely, then I'll probably take the Cowboys. But um, it's it's really hard to take this this bigger number given their offense has been pretty ineffective for two of the last three weeks and they're going to be without Amari Cooper and likely without um, CD Lamb as well. So um, in saying that, it's probably the game they get it right, similar to what they did against Atlanta and, and cover the number. But I prefer a play on the total here. Um, I think last week the Raiders' loss was, was very misleading, that box score. They're only down... 16-13 when the Bengals scored with just over five minutes left. And then since he tacked on 10 quick points on short fields and there was a sort of final game shenanigans late in that game that kind of pushed that way out. So I think definitely think that that score was very misleading for for the Raiders in, in general. So um, I think their defense played a lot better than the scoreline suggests. So I, I, I lean the under here. And I also think the Raiders offense has been pretty much garbage since week, week eight. So, um, with those wide receivers out for, for Dallas, I do expect a bit more of a run-heavy game, which would chew up the clock. So um, I like under 51 and a half here, which is hard given, you know, Dak Prescott and Derek Carr are two of the better quarterbacks this season. But um, I like under 51 and a half here with that uh, around that key number. Yeah, hard to argue with your, your logic there for sure. And I, I think it has to be a bounce-back week for the Cowboys uh, against the Raiders this week. Obviously, they've lost two of their past three that you mentioned and, we're starting to see a few chinks in the uh, the boys' armor. Uh, look, we'll, we'll unlikely find out if that's true this week because they they host, I think, as a pretty ordinary Raiders team. It's certainly been pretty ordinary that that last fortnight and or the last three weeks where they've lost three in a row now after being five and two. And it, it's kind of what happens um, with the Raiders. It certainly has over the last couple of seasons um, where they've been above five hundred or well above five hundred in this case, and and really dropped off to to end the season pretty miserably and. It's trending that way again from five and two to five and five, and, and now a, a tough road trip here on Thanksgiving. 
look, the it was number one offense heading into um, heading into last week, and and despite not scoring a touchdown for the first time since week eight, I, I think they can bounce back pretty strongly with the run game. Obviously, CD Lamb's going to be a a big question mark over his concussion and, and if he's available, obviously Amari Cooper, the unvaccinated Amari Cooper will be missing another week with his COVID issues. Uh, but like, like I said, Zeke and TP should have a pretty big day against the Raiders D giving up over 132 rushing yards per game, which is 29th in the league. And and look, you're probably right. The, the box score probably did flatter the Bengals last week and the Raiders weren't that bad, but yeah, I, the last couple of weeks, especially on offense, they're, they're turning the football over again and, and doesn't bode well against uh, Trayvon Diggs and, and the, that Cowboys um, secondary who have had a pretty amazing year. They've been a bit quieter the last couple of weeks, so hopefully they can turn it around tomorrow. And I, I like Dallas to cover here at minus seven and a half. So uh, yep. a nice big Dallas win and the unders, that'll be just lovely for both of us. That'd be beautiful. And you mentioned the unvaccinated Amari Cooper. I wonder if we'll get a player miss a key playoff game or even a Super Bowl this year, um, that's something to keep in mind um, yeah, as I... we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Could you imagine Green Bay finally getting over the hump after winning an <laughs> NFC Championship game and then Aaron Rodgers is in the COVID protocol? It, it, it would just, it would be manic. Like the media storm would be ferocious. So um, that's definitely yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> something to look at. Absolutely, something to keep an eye on for the rest of the year. And it, like you said, it's not going away, and it's it's certainly been next man up, especially uh, over there in the states. And look, um, but yeah, you couldn't imagine unfathomable to think someone could miss a Super Bowl with um, an unvaccinated player, especially. But we move on to the prime time game of Thanksgiving, and arguably the best game of the three. Uh, it's Buffalo at New Orleans, with Buffalo the minus six favourites. Uh, with a total of 45. And, yeah, since beating the Bucks, the Saints have lost three in a row, uh, including that very disappointing loss last week against the Eagles. Uh, their opponents, Buffalo Bills, will be just as desperate for a win after squandering their division lead by losing two of their past three as heavy underdogs, uh, well, as heavy favourites against underdogs. Um, yeah, all credit to, though, to the Colts and your boys were fantastic. And more to the point, oh, Jonathan yeah. Taylor was just incredible against the Bills last week with, um, yeah, both of these defences absolutely shredded by the ground game. And, look, I think they stiffen up pretty pretty immensely here in this one. And and the Bills are still num- ranked number one in the league uh, on defence in terms of yards allowed per game and, and number two in scoring, while the Saints are also a top 10 defence in their own right. And after the struggles we both uh, we saw on both sides of the offence last week from from these two teams, I know the Saints scored some some junk time touchdowns to kind of get their their score up. I think this one can be a pretty dour and low scoring affair, and I, I, it's hard. It's a hard to be confident with with that with that line. And that, I think the books got it pretty right. So I'll play the unders here, uh, and hoping it's a bit more of a uh, yeah, just a, a low scoring affair with the with the defense is shining through. Yeah, I, I do lean under as well. Like I, I agree with you generally there. I think. Uh, both teams are better de- defensively than they are offensively, which is kind of weird given, you know, Buffalo and, and what we saw from Josh Allen last season and, and the Saints historically are just, you know, are normally a, a, a big offensive team with Drew Brees and Sean Payton and obviously things have changed this year, but um, it does kind of feel like a sort of like a 24-20 type, type game here um, with uh, with Buffalo, I think, edging out the win, but um I'd be all over the Saints here at the plus if if Kamara was playing. I think him and Ingram could kind of replicate. Um, I call him JFT, which is Jonathan fucking Taylor. Um, 
similar to PFM, Peyton fucking Manning, you know, uh, when the Colts have a, an absolute weapon. So, um, yeah, like that was an amazing game. The Bills clearly have a weakness um, against the Rush, and I do think they're a fraudulent number one team in defensive DVOA. Um, if you look at their schedule, they face the easiest schedule of, of opposing offences in the league. So they've been very lucky in terms of the schedule that they've played offensively. It's kind of given their defence. I still think they're a good defence, but I don't think they're the number one defence. Um, you just need to look at their roster acro- across the board and think which of these players are um, are going to be all pros. And it's, it's hard to really pick one. They're, they're just kind of a lot of above average players, no really like elite, elite players this season. Um, but for me, the, the question in this game is, why haven't the Saints called Philip Rivers yet? He's he said he's free and willing. The clock struck midnight and Trevor Simeon is a pumpkin. We, we know he's a pumpkin. He's not the prince. He's not going to take you to the ball. Like, we know this is who Trevor Simeon is. It's been a fun little story for a couple of weeks and, you know, beating the Bucks was, was fantastic. But, I mean, like, come on. This is ridiculous now. Uh, you have a great roster Get a real quarterback and let's go. Um, that's that's my understanding here. But I'm I'm, play, I'm playing away from any line or total. But I do with, I am with you. I lean the under uh, here. But I, I think um, based off what uh, Buffalo's coaching staff said this week, I do think we'll see a lot more Josh Allen on the ground this week. Um, and I do think they'll probably struggle running it inside against the Saints, who have a pretty good run defense although last week you you beg to differ but i do think what we saw from jalen hurts last week tearing up the eagles running the football i think josh allen finds the end zone this week and i like him to score a touchdown any any price above three dollars is i think is a is a price to take yeah not not bad at all look a question without notice on that saints quarterback situation what did you make of Taysom hill signing during the week or his extension (laughs) and for that money feel like they're just pushing money down a hill or up a hill, up a Taysom Hill, I guess. It's just <laughs> they don't want to pay certain cap penalties, so they're just pushing it down to when they'll ultimately be able to cut him or trade him for, for minimal loss, it seems like. But I feel like this is a lot of Sean Payton not admitting that he's stuffed up or he was wrong yeah. about Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Sean Payton's right. a great coach. Like, Don't get me wrong, but I mean, he's done a fantastic job replacing Drew Brees, but... I mean, Taysom Hill ain't it, so it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, he it's might a be funny one. Time. I just love, you like, I kind of spit, you spit your tea out, you're like, you signed a what deal? <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's hard it's hard to really take a lot of these NFL contracts seriously when they have so many clauses and and, and it's, it's more of a guaranteed money that you have to look at. So, um, but yeah, it was definitely a, a bit of a funny moment during the week, I guess, to, to have a bit of a chuckle at the Saints' expense. Uh, we'll move to the regular Monday morning slot, a bit of some red zone action. Pittsburgh at Cincy, divisional matchup. Um, I didn't expect Cincy to be their current record so far this season, one of the pleasant surprises of the season. And they're four-and-a-half-point favourites at home against Pittsburgh. Total is 45. Uh, for me, I like Pittsburgh in this game. I don't like that I like Pittsburgh in this game. Um, Pittsburgh are one of the te- there's a there's a handful of teams in the league this year that I will never back as a favourite, but I will load up absolutely as an underdog. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of them. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> are another one. The Saints are another one. Generally, um, it's just <laughs> just one of those Lightness one of those teams. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Bengals beat the Steelers in Week Three, um, and giving them a kind of a rare opportunity to, to sweep their division rivals for the first time since. 
2009, but uh, some reinforcements are on the way up for the Steelers. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden um, all practicing this week and possibly returning for them. So that's a, that's a massive deal, um, especially with, with the players in the secondary, given what we know about the, the Cincinnati offense. And as I said earlier, that Bengals-Raiders game was, was 16-13 with six, six and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was the most misleading box score of the week. Um, Las Vegas actually outgained Cincy on a per-play and per-pass basis. Um, so I like the Steelers to cover this one. I, I think they could have a chance to win this game outright as well. Um, feels like a field game kind of game for mine, and I have Cincy minus two in my numbers. So um, I'll be taking Pittsburgh plus four and a half, and I'll have a little dabble on the money line as well um, just because division games, I, I like that kind of weird Extra weird. The NFL's already weird, but division games kind of do that as well, and they're always a lot closer than um, than many expect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you go back to that week three game where the Bengals upset the Steelers, and I'm pretty sure the Steelers were around a touchdown favourite in that one, for instance, and and it, it's just funny how the season could turn around so quickly. I mean, obviously the Steelers, if you take away the last two weeks, they've been pretty good. They won uh, four in a row, I think it was, and... Um, they were pretty unlucky last week. They scored 27 points in a quarter, the final quarter, and, and still managed to lose that game. So, look, it wouldn't yeah. have happened if if those if those um, reinforcements that you mentioned were in that lineup with TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, especially. There's no way that we would have seen that blown coverage happen with uh, with Fitzpatrick there, Joe Hayden as well coming back. So, yep. like you said, it's it's hard to argue with um, with your logic again with with what you're saying and. And the Bengals, they, they did enough, obviously, to, to squeak past the Raiders last week to snap that two-game losing streak. Joe Burrow was, uh, you know, he was solid, but he wasn't he wasn't um, the Joe Burrow we've seen at the start of the year, I suppose. And um, Big Ben made some big plays late in that game as well. So, yeah, they obviously, um, the Steelers can can match it offensively still with most teams. And, and that defense, I, I, I would rather take that Steelers defense as well uh, over the Bengals. But yeah, like like I said, it's hard to be confident confident in these division games. So um, yep. happy happy to be um, swayed by you to to jump on the Steelers at that plus line. But yeah, not a play I'm going to officially jump into. So we'll move on to the next game, which is a cracker as well, and that is Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Indianapolis Colts. Tampa going as a minus three favorite, uh, and the total is 52 and a half. They themselves snapped their own two game losing streak with a pretty handsome win on Monday night football against the Giants. They didn't really beat much, obviously, and we've seen the fallout from that game for the Giants. But look, Tom Brady, um, he had a pretty poor couple of weeks. He he certainly wasn't amazing again by any stretch of the imagination, but he, he did enough. The, the, the defense kind of got back on track after some pretty poor weeks uh, where they couldn't keep Washington of all teams off the field. So look, I think um, Tampa Bay kind of got their groove back a little bit, obviously with that win, uh, but they're facing JFT, as you said, Jonathan fucking Taylor. I mean, fuck, if he, he's been just incredible and, and absolutely has to be in the MVP conversation right now. And um, I think I saw during the week, he was actually the the highest uh, vote getter in the pro bowl, pro bowl voting as well. So um I'm glad he's getting some recognition as well uh, for his outstanding season. But yeah, I, I feel like that line is quite a high one for for two pretty solid uh, defenses. Again, um, again, not 100% sold on on the result of this one. I'd probably lean uh, to Tampa, probably covering that with the Colts, maybe having a letdown after that impressive win against the Bills. But yeah, look, 
I'll, I'm happy to be on that under again, just for the same reason as and that other game. Is that the defenses are both pretty good, and and in this one, obviously, we know the run game is going to be uh, crucial. So the game script will will see it as a quick game, and and hopefully that'll keep the score pretty low as well. So I'll play the under fifty two and a half here in this one. Nice. I, I don't I don't mind that. I, I I am worried about the Tampa Tampa racking up points is my only concern against that that underplay because um, I actually really hate this matchup for the Colts. Um, I love their win last week. You know, dropping a forty burger on the Bills was probably the highlight of the year for a Colts fan, um, especially when you've when you've got someone like Carson Wentz at, at QB. It's it's hard to really you get excited on a well. to give him a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to, someone's got to give him a jab because he won't get one. Um, yeah. But it's it's uh, it's hard to it's hard to um, at least Carson Wentz is upfront and honest about it, and not you know not lying and yeah. saying he's immunized. So I'll give him some credit there. But <laughs> yeah, it's just hard to get excited about Carson Wentz on any given week. But um, look, I, I think you're getting absolute value on this line um, because I think there's probably too much faith in India after that week, after that win last week, and. I mean, it's just a horrendous matchup for us. So the, the Colts' biggest strengths running the football. Um, the Bucks, when you look at their defense, their biggest strength is defending the run. They're fourth in DVOA against run defense. Their secondaries banged up and, and exploitable, and that's probably something the Colts can't really do at the moment is throw the ball at will on teams. Um, and then the Colts' biggest weakness is pass defense. The, the 20th in DVO, 20th in DVOA against the pass, and against the fifth easiest schedule. When you look at some of the QBs they faced and have been torched by some. You watch Jack- Jacksonville actually um, played really well um, throwing the football, and, and you've seen how bad they've been since. So, um, and they face a Bucks passing attack that's that's number one in DVOA, and they've got a healthy Gronk back on the field. And, and I think if you look at Tom Brady, as you said, he's had a bad couple of weeks, and that's because Gronk wasn't on the field. You, you look at Brady's career stats with and without Gronk, and he's literally a league average QB without Gronk. Um, and he's, you know, a top five QB with Gronk, and that's just the difference that he makes on the field. And um, he doesn't need to have big games to prove that. He just takes up so much attention on, on a defense that it opens up the inside for for your Antonio Browns, and you, or who's, who's out at the moment, but your Chris Godwins and, and the like. And I think that's just a testament to his ability, and I think Gronk's easily the greatest tight end of all time, and I just, just think he makes such a difference for this team. And um, I think... I think Tampa Bay are going to smoke us, and this is going to be a, an embarrassing week for the Colts after a great week. We have this uncanny ability of playing absolutely shit out when people expect us. We finally get some love and talked up by the media, and then we play good when nobody really expects it, you know, aka last week. So yeah. um, I took Tampa minus two and a half earlier in the week. It's at three now, but it's still my best bet of the week. I have it, uh, where's my numbers? I have it minus four and a half. So um, I think it should be well and truly over a field goal. So. Yeah, Tampa Bay, better the week. Um, and I'll be looking at some some Brady passing overs as well. I just think he has a has a killer day. And um, he is MVP favorite. I don't know why. He's so short. Interesting. He's three dollars for favorite. Josh Allen's seven fifty second favorite. The market is like no one wants to win MVP. No. Um, it's yeah, well it's yeah, Kyler's Kyler's certainly slipped down the pecking order now with his injury. Um, if if he can have a big six weeks, I know he missed a lot of time, but yeah. if you just look at the games where he played, he, I think if you if you look, he's probably deserves to be favourite, but it's hard. Where's, I think he's fifteen to one. Where's Patty Mahomes at the moment now? After those, yeah, two I, wins in a row? I, I took him at fifty ones a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's into eleven. You must have been <laughs> listening to the pod with Nick and I. 
talking about yeah. that, that he could be a late charge if he gets a run on. At our- if they can get the one seed and he mm. comes home like ours on fire, I mean, I'll, like even if he doesn't win, I'll take – if you ever put Pat Mahomes above double digits for MVP. That's right, like, yeah. You've got to take it. And even now, like at, at 11, it's like you, – you, yeah, yeah, I'd rather people... take Pat Mahomes at 11 than Brady at three or Josh Allen at 750. Um, oh, no doubt. No uh, doubt. Kirk Cousins, I know, like, I'll talk about it later. He's having a good season, but even his price is a bit stale at 26. So 18, it's just... 18 and two, isn't he? 18 TDs for two interceptions, something like that. Yes, it's yeah. Pretty, but pretty it's, good it's, going. It's a weird market. No one wants to win. It was, it was a, there was a period of five weeks where the MVP frontrunner had a disastrous game and then they'd flip the odds and the next front runner would play terrible and it's just that's, right, yeah. that's a complete mesh so but yeah i like tampa bay this week so um that's that's definitely my bet of the week and my best bet but uh, we'll move on to their division uh rival in carolina and they travel to miami they just travel down the coast and they're a two-point favorite on the road total is 42 i don't really have a play in this game i will say this if carolina want to play postseason football you got to win a game like this on the road against an inferior opponent. You've got Cam Newton back, all the good vibes. Your defense is playing well. You, you can't you can't lose a game like this when you've got Minnesota and, and San Fran at your heels at, at five and five. So this is a game you have to win and, and try to extend that. Uh, you, dro- you dropped the game against Washington last week. This is this is a must. And I sound like an absolute mongoloid who always say this is a must-win game, but every game is a must-win game. But I'm saying if you... Want to yeah. play postseason football? These are the teams you have to beat because you know you, you, you're going to expect them to drop games against the Bucks and and the Packers and things like that. But you know, against scrubs like Miami, you, you got to win and you got to win convincingly. Like it's hard that's to get why, into them unless they do. That's yeah. why that last last week's loss at home was so bad against against Washington, who obviously yep. beat the Bucks the week prior, but have been dis- disastrous up until that point. And yeah. Yep. They, they scored early, Cam Newton had the crowd going and, yeah, they just couldn't sustain it and, and fell behind in that second half and couldn't really recover. And like you said, it, it's just a, it is a must-win game. There's no other way of putting it for Carolina here. And, yeah, they're sitting at 5-5. Five and five, So And like I said, it's a very log-jammed NFC. So, yeah, like you said, has to be a win here and they should do it. I, I, I'm probably leaning that way again. It's, it's not a play I'm going to get involved in. And if I had to... Um, pick in this game, it'd probably just be the Panthers slightly, but the Miami Dolphins, of course, are riding a three-game win streak, if you can believe that. And look, they've they've played a couple of um, some very ordinary teams in Houston and New York Jets in the last couple of weeks, but they did beat Baltimore handsomely on Thursday Night Football a couple of weeks ago that made a mockery of Nick and I when we were very, very keen on the Ravens. And that win kind of... Um, yeah, that just that defense performance that game showed how good they could be and, and what was maybe expected at the start of the season. I, I certainly haven't had them as one of my disappointments of the season after after notching ten wins last year. But look, it, it's it's a really uh, interesting one. A game um, again in a, in a pretty interesting week of ups and downs. This is certainly a down in terms of the matchups. And um, yeah, I, I'm not going to play in this game as an official play, but. Uh, I would have to lean to Carolina slightly if I had to. But this one, as we go from one bad game to a very good one, uh, Tennessee at New England. New England at minus six and a half to keep the win streak going. Uh, the total is 44 in this one. And the Pats, they just keep performing. And, and God, they were good again last week. I mean, they only did beat Atlanta, but to shut them out in the manner that they did and um, backing up their performance the week prior as well. Look, they they look legit, and uh, Mac Jones is 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 obviously um, fitting beautifully 
uh, in under Bill Belichick. But yeah, look, they, they're now the front rows of the AFC East, which is incredible to think um, when you look back just maybe a month or so ago when the, the Bills looked like they had a stranglehold over that. The Titans, um, they finally had their bubble burst um, with that uh, disastrous loss against Houston last week. And and Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill had a four-interception game, um, reminiscent of the of the Ryan Tannehill that we used to see in Miami every now and then. And, yeah, it, it's an interesting one. The, the injuries kind of seem to have caught up with them last week, and, and they might be missing A.J. Brown this week as well, which would be a disaster for the Tennessee offense. Uh, they lost Malcolm Johnson to that one in last week as well. Um, obviously, they just waived Adrian Peterson, but the, the, they're not... They're, yeah, it's a hard one because they're just, just so banged up at the moment, Tennessee. They're obviously still the, the number one seed in, in the AFC, but New England are coming for that. And if they can win this week, which I, I think they will at home, um, yeah, they, they can jump into the number one seed of the AFC, which is just crazy to think when we look back at it with a rookie quarterback. And that, that league's that defense has been the league's best scoring defense, obviously, with only 13 combined points in the last three weeks. So, uh, look, I, I think they make it six straight wins and, and just continue on their merry way. So I'm happy to play New England at minus six and a half here. Yeah, I you mentioned that defense and it was funny because, you know, when they did have a losing rec- record four weeks ago, the, the Pats, they were three and four um, and everyone was knocking them about trading Stefan Gilmore. And you know what? <laughs> Bill Belichick, like you just, you, you got to hand it to the man. And I know, look, last last year wasn't a great, wasn't great for his personal legacy with Brady winning without him and, and things like that. But, you know, Cam got COVID and, and things kind of went, it, went, it, went kind of just crazy for them. I think they had a fumble against, they had a fumble while driving on the Bills, a 20 yard line that could have changed their entire season. I, I do think um, they were a little bit unlucky last year. So I think this is, kind of it correcting themselves a little bit. And I think Bill Belichick rightly should be in the coach of the year conversation. I think he's done a tremendous job. And um, yeah, it's it's good to see Mac Jones. It, it took a while and, and um, you know, just because, you know, players like Andrew Lark and Patrick Mahomes light up the league with their first or second starts, they, they, you're talking about special talent. You know, most rookies, it takes some time. And I think it's good to see Belichick and Josh McDaniels really kind of take their time with things and, and Max slowly getting more and more pages of the playbook and it's, it's paying off for them. And um, I, I do think they get the win, but it's, it's a hard one. As, as, as you said, the, the Titans are so banged up and I'm as low as the Titans as anyone. I have, I have a Pats minus six, so I can't really take anything here. And it's hard to really factor in my rating of the Titans just because they have so many players on that injury report. But I do expect we're able to pull out kind of all these trick players out of his bag here against Belichick at, his old stomping ground. So it's definitely an avoid, but I just want to say as, as entertaining as the Colts dropping 40 on Buffalo last week, watching these fraudulent Titans, the worst number one seed so far. Like I just cannot believe they're not, they're the number one seed um, to lose at home to the fucking Texans. It was just, that was like, it's like a chef's kiss moment for me last <laughs> week. A Colts win, a Titans loss. Um, yeah. You know, pants are off. I'll, I'll say that. Um <laughs> So yeah, I, look, I, I think New England win. Um, they probably they went off. Nick they probably, they, <laughs> they we probably had a, a lock of the week. It was a fucking disaster. Oh no! Oh Jesus! You never lock up the Titans. Um, they're they're going to be they're going to be probably a number one or two seed that does doesn't win a playoff game. They just get bounced. Feels like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think they probably do get curb stomped. But just based off my numbers, I can't really touch this game. But I'll be keen to watch Tennessee rack up another loss. 
Um, all right, uh, the next game, Philly at the Giants. Philly at three and a half point favourites. Uh, the total, I'm just not on the sheet. Let me scroll down. 46 and a half. I might have accidentally deleted it. Yeah. Rookie. Rookie errors. Sorry, it's my first time on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, 46 is the total. I hate myself. Absolutely hate myself for this. And it's probably why I'm terrible in my picks this year. But um, I have this Philly minus two and a half. So I've got to, I've got to take the Giants here getting the hook over the over the field goal at the plus three and a half. I do expect the Giants to be slightly better offensively here with no Jason Garrett. Um, Freddie Kitchen was awful as a head coach, but he, he was a decent offensive coordinator. Um, and he's definitely more aggressive than than Jason Garrett. So I do think um, that aggression will help the Giants convert more first downs and put them in more sort of plus EV um, situations on third down. And I, I know Daniel Jones is better than he was last week, even though I don't really think he's it uh, as a QB, but I do think he'll play better. And as I said about the Cincy uh, Steelers game, division games are always a little bit different here. So I'll take the home. Home uh, dog here in a division game. Um, and I just want to say, as, as someone that hasn't had a, a platform all year, I just want to say Jordan Mayalata for the Eagles. It's he's, a, he's an absolute weapon. And the lack of like attention here from anyone, yeah. from the media, it's a disgrace. It's honestly one of the best sporting stories, Australian sporting stories of the last 10 years, and no one seems to give a flying F about it. I mean, the guy didn't play NFL five years ago, and now he's a, probably a top five or six left tackle yeah. in the NFL in He'll one of the hardest the Pro Bowl positions. For sure, won't yeah, it's one of the hardest positions in the sport, one of the most important positions in the sport. And no one seems to bat an eyelid because it's not a he's not playing receiver or running back or anything like that. It's 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 it seems crazy to me. And yeah, I think he's he's just another number, isn't he, essentially for for, yeah, for our media and and the yeah, yeah like you said, it, it has been um He's been certainly undervalued in Australia, and I, and I know he is getting the kudos he deserves over in over in the states. So, oh, Philly love him, and it's great. Yeah, he's <laughs> um he's had an unbelievable year and keeps going from strength yeah. to strength. So, can't wait to see what he can do for the rest of the year. And it's one of the big reasons why the Eagles have been successful the last couple of weeks. They've they've um just pounded run the run game. game, and yeah, eight hundred and seventy combined rushing yards over the last four weeks which uh, marks the franchise's largest total in a four-game stretch since 1950. And, and the dominance in the run game has allowed them to control the tempo, and, and they ranked third in the NFL in time of possession over those four games, and after being ranked uh, uh, last through their first seven. So it's been an unbelievable turnaround uh, over the last month for the Eagles, and I can understand why you'd be playing the the home, home underdog here uh, in a divisional game, but... I think, uh, and and look, Nick's taught me very well not to bet in Eagles games. I've, I've had mixed success this year, and, and it's why I'll be staying out of this one. But I think Philly can win and, and win well here and, and continue their late playoff push, which is um, uh, an interesting one in itself. But, yeah, look, I think um, Philly can get it done, but uh, no official play from me because um, Nick will have me. Um, yeah, he won't be happy with me. I'm drawn and quartered. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Another absolute classic here uh, as we move on to uh, Atlanta at Jacksonville. Uh, the Falcons head in as minus two and a half favourites after scoring a total of three points in the last two weeks. Uh, and the total here is 46 and a half. It's an absolute disgusting game. Uh, don't want any part of this. The Falcons, like I said, three points in the last two weeks. I think it's a, it's a complete stay out for one. But again, home underdog here. 
you probably take the points if you had to had to go somewhere. But um, yes, yeah, a complete stay out and a. I can generally talk about any NFL game, um, like, uh, but I just I have no words about this. It's, it's yuck. It's <laughs> Let's move honestly on. Let's move it's on. disgusting. I think I'd rather watch the first two episodes of Man in the Arena, the uh, Tom Brady documentary, <laughs> and I uh, documentary. I say quote unquote. It's basically a. A propaganda, propaganda video yeah. similar to, similar to the last thing. dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the last dance was not a documentary. It was just uh, everyone just talking about how great Michael Jordan was without any yeah, critique was, at all. Yeah, Scotty Pippen uh, certainly didn't think it was a great documentary. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yuck! I don't want to don't want to talk about that game whatsoever. Nah, we'll so we'll move on to we'll move on to an even better game here: New York Jets <laughs> at <laughs> the Houston Texans. Yeah, Houston minus two and a half. Their favourites in a game, the Houston Texans, total is 44 and a half. Um, I'm not touching the the line at all um, or money line or anything like that. I've got no idea who wins this game, Um, but I'm taking the under 44 and a half here. Houston's last in the NFL in scoring. The Jets are 28th. This total is 44 and a half points. It's It's about seven points too high. It should be about 38, probably 40. Um, sure, Zach Wilson's back, but are we really sure at this point in his career that he's that much of an upgrade right now than Flacco? I probably don't think so. Obviously, Flacco can't start, but um, I found this tweet during the week quite funny that the, the Jets trading a draft pick for a QB who probably announces he's not vaccinated, and then that QB uh, not only got COVID but also infected the other QB in the in the locker room to also get COVID. Uh, I think that's probably one of the most Jets things that has ever happened. Um, so uh, that's. That's pretty funny, but uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll take the under forty-four and a half here. Yeah, um, my a, only concern is 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 defensive touchdowns from either side, but uh, um, I feel like Tyrod Taylor's pretty careful with the ball. It's more Zach Wilson um, here throwing. Yeah, he'll these be slinging it all over the place. But yeah, but under yeah, forty-four and a half. <laughs> it's a, it, yeah, it, it's hard to argue for that reason, and and like you said, it's hard to see points in coming in this one. That Jets defense though has been horrid, but. Yeah, with, with little to no offense to speak of from Houston, I think that line should be, uh, hopefully, for your sake and, and in no danger at all. Uh, I, I would have to, if I had to, well, I am going to play because I'm obviously a degenerate, but I think the Jets are actually um, decent value at that plus two and a half. And, and if that came out to three, I'd even be obviously more confident. Houston should not, never be a favorite this season. And it's the first time they've been a favorite all year. And, and I don't think they'll uh, cover the line here. I think they'll lose, and I'll, I'll almost play the Jets' money line here, but I'm just not interested enough to to care. So, look, I'll play Jets plus two and a half in a disgusting, disgusting game. Um, we move yeah. from that to one of the potentially the game of the week and, and the um, potentially a, an NFC Championship game preview, as, as you put it, Josh, and um, a rematch of the divisional round last year as well. It's the LA Rams at the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. The Rams go in as minus one point favorites with the total of 47. And yeah, it's it's a bounce back game that is needed for the Rams after losing two straight. Uh, they had their bye last week. So hopefully Sean McVay's got the troops together and, and reassessed and, and and come up with a plan to beat the Packers here who are obviously coming off a loss of their own. Um, yeah, but prior to their um, loss, uh, there was 26... Um, the visiting Rams coming off consecutive losses, yeah, and like I said, prior to a bye, they scored a combined 26 points to mark their worst two offensive performances of the season. 
Uh, the Packers have now lost two of their past three. They lost to the Vikings last week. Uh, and that was um, that loss was compounded by the fact they lost their offensive lineman and pro bowler Elton Jen- Jenkins, who suffered a torn ACL. Who was uh, Jenkins himself was already filling in for All Pro David Bakatari, who hasn't played all year with his ACL from last year. So look, they, they're pretty banged up. Uh, Green Bay they potentially might get some love back on the uh, defensive end with some players returning, but. Yeah, it, it's an interesting one with the Packers. Does does it kind of all not all fall apart, but it's got to catch up with them sooner rather than later. And I can't see the Rams putting in another bad game, especially off the bye where they've had, like I said, some time to hopefully reassess. But the Packers have won six of their last seven against the Rams, so and they've owned the, the rivalry for the last uh, over a decade. So it's hard to be confident about the Rams, but so somehow I'm, I've got I got stuck with them and playing them minus one here, mate. How about you? Yeah, look, I took them plus one and a half earlier on in the week, but I still like them here. I have them slightly graded better than than the Packers on a neutral field, but um, I do think the offensive injuries for, for Green Bay, as you mentioned, down to their third string left tackle heading into a matchup with Aaron Donald and Von Miller, who now will have a lot more health after the buy and practice reps with, with the Rams. Um, I do think that kind of tips it, the scales a little bit more in, in the Rams' favour, who... You know, as you said, coming off the bye, they've had two weeks to stew on that, and they've they've been bad. And Sean McVay has been out coached by Kyle Shanahan again, but I do think um, with two weeks to prepare, I, I do think this is definitely the the, the get right spot uh, for for the Rams. And also, we've got to mention Aaron Rodgers is managing a fractured toe, um, not not COVID toe, uh, as he announced on um, the Pat McAfee show. Um, so he he did say. He did clarify the whole Rogers thing's a bit weird at the moment, but he'd say early in the week he had COVID toe. I think he was tongue in cheek, but then the media then said he had COVID toe. So then he said, I don't have COVID toe, you idiots. You know, typical mainstream media lying again. So, um, I mean, you're kind of putting yourself in these situations, Aaron, unfortunately. Very upset from the Aaron Rogers story mostly this season because I've been a big fan of Aaron Rogers and. I still like watching him play and he had, you know, that touchdown to MVS last week was, was something special, but it's hard to really support him. But I think yeah. you've got to put that aside when you're looking at these two teams and I do think the Rams are, are a better team here and I do think that they get this right and 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 maybe close that gap for, for the Cardinals if if they can um, and try and beat them to, to that one seed, but it's going to be hard to run them down. Um, for, the, for the Packers, you know, that loss last week kind of also put them behind the eight ball. So if they can get a... Get a win here and get that get that right, then they're still in play as well for that number one seed. Um, all right, moving on to another good game: uh, the Chargers at the Broncos. Chargers two and a half point road favorites here. Total is forty seven and a half. Um, maybe it's just because I like California, but I'm on the Chargers here, so I've gone with the LA double. Um, I'm not a huge fan of laying points with a road favorite in the divisional game, especially at mile high. But uh, my numbers have this over a field goal at minus three and a half. So I'm going to, you know, always take under the field goal with that, that, that key number there. And look, I like the matchup here, especially for the Chargers, the, the third ranked in DVOA offense and the Broncos, despite, you know, having, you know, some great quality players and, and a great defensive coach, they're 26 ranked in, in DVOA defense. So um, that's a really great matchup for the Chargers. Um, if, if they are going to, lose or, or not cover, I can see an avenue for the Broncos with, with rushing the ball. The Chargers are dead last in DVOA 
rushing defense. So I do expect Javante Williams to have a have a big game. But if the Chargers can get an early lead, I mean that game script can really cancel that out a little bit and force um, Teddy Bridgewater into some more throwing situations. And we saw over the last few weeks that hasn't really quite worked out well for the for the Denver Broncos. So I really like the Chargers here. Um, as a road favourite, I know that's not great. They haven't been a great team against the spread, but I do like what I saw, even though they didn't cover last week from from them. It was kind of some blown leads, and, and they'll learn from that. I, I'm a big believer in Brandon Staley as well. Yeah, he's been he's been very impressive in his first uh, year as a head coach, of course, uh, and he's really turned around the franchise in terms of those those close close games. Um, obviously, last year we saw the Chargers blow numerous double digit leads in the last quarter, and um, they actually lost eight of their nine, or eight of their nine losses last year with by ten points or less. So they've certainly flipped the script in terms of um, closing out those those tight games. And um, yeah, to your point, recipe for success for Denver is not Teddy Bridgewater Bridgewater throwing the football. And um, why Javante Williams has looked so good, I suppose, as a, a rookie coming in, Melvin Gordon's against up against his old team and has been a solid contributor as well in that backfield. But yeah, I was I was kind of leaning. To Denver in this one, and you might have talked me out of it, and and for the fact that you've got you know your line out to three and a half there. So um, look, I'm happy to be a no play here, but I was kind of leaning to Denver. But like I said, you might have talked me into it. You're a better judge than me. So um, oh, Denver, that. <laughs> that's it's a, it's a huge game, obviously um, in the division. Um, both teams still obviously well within playoff contention. Uh, the Chargers are a little bit more so, but yeah, the Broncos haven't been back there since winning the Super Bowl and. Somehow they're still five and five and, and ticking away and and still a chance to do that. Uh, Justin Herbert was incredible last week and you know um, he was only became the fifth quarterback ever in the history of the NFL to have three hundred and fifty plus passing yards and ninety plus rushing yards in a game and so the first Charger to even have ninety rushing yards in a game. So it was a pretty special performance by the reigning offensive rookie of the year and. Um, Despite their woes on defense against the run and, and that defense, I can see why you'd be playing the Chargers because of the ability of those two quarterbacks in this matchup. So look, I, I'm 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 convinced, and I'll I'll um, jump on the Chargers bandwagon with you, mate. Yeah, um, I can't believe Philip Rivers hasn't had 90 rushing yards in a game. Yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. He might have had that for his career in his Chargers career, maybe. <laughs> Probably. I'm going to look it up now, but yeah, keep. <laughs> Um, I'll move on quickly to the next game, but I'll throw to you pretty quickly because I know you want to delve into this one in a bit of depth. So that's uh, Minnesota at San Francisco here. The Niners come in as minus three favourites with a total of 49. Look, it's it's a huge game. Both teams riding two-game win streaks, um, looking to get their third straight win, of course. And yeah, the... Like I said, off the off the top, um, the Niners, uh, and thanks again for your question, Daniel. The Niners have, have looked awesome in the last fortnight, especially with back-to-back 30-plus point performances in their wins. Uh, obviously, the Vikings um, have been on a similar trajectory, well, not quite as many points, but they've beaten the Chargers and the Packers, which are two pretty competitive and, and quality teams in the last couple of weeks, um, despite all the COVID issues they've been kind of dealing with and and a few other off-field issues for uh, Minnesota. But look, I'll defer to you, and, and I want to hear kind of what your thoughts are on this because I'm, I'm interested to know. But it's it's a really interesting matchup for two teams that are on the precipice of potentially going on a run. Yeah, I, I think this is probably the most 
I think this low-key might be the best game of the week. I mean, the Rams and Packers is obviously going to be a good game, but we know both those teams are good and they're going to feature in the postseason, whereas this game, I'm not sure if both these teams are going to be in the postseason, but at the same time, I'm convinced both these teams are probably top 10 to 12 in the league and deserve to be in the playoffs. And and it's just just quite a perplexing game because Minnesota are probably one of the most confusing teams in the entire league. The amount of games they've dominated at, like, efficiency, EPA per play, DVOA, and like win percentage probabilities and things like that, but then have actually gone on to loss is is crazy. But then on the other side, they've beaten some good teams by also being dominated. And last week was one of those. They Most of the teams that have those sort of figures from Green Bay win that win 90% of the time. And Minnesota won that game. Um, and it, for me, it's, it's weird because Kirk Cousins is probably having his best season ever as a QB and no one's really... Notice it because the Vikings' record is 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 down in down hovering around five hundred, and I, I I think the coaching staff don't actually know that Kirk Cousins is good. I feel like they're really ha- hankering him down, and I feel like it's just kind of this mishmash where I know we have let Russ cook, but it's kind of let Kirk cook a little bit, you know. And um, it's weird because I'm not really a big Kirk Cousins guy, but he's been he's been a good quarterback this season. I think maybe. Part of that is the weapons that he has, but that's fine. You know, we've seen that we've seen far less talented QBs win games because of the surrounding talent. I mean, some guys got seven rings because of it, but you know, just had sorry, I had to stay to my brain there. Just had to get that in there. Um, but the 49ers are another you know 500 team that just is perplexing because um, back in week eight, Kyle Shanahan asked if. Jimmy G would, sorry, back in week seven, Jimmy G, they asked if Jimmy G would start in week eight. There was some quarterback controversy and, you know, confusion around if Jimmy Garoppolo would be hanging around or whether he'd be traded. But since then, they're number one in EPA per play and they've been a strong team and we had that listener question about about them earlier. So I, I really don't know which of these two teams is going to come out on top. I think the line's spot on. I have it San Fran minus three. A lot of that is just home field advantage there and you know cross-country things but I look at these two teams and I look at my ratings right now and uh, the 49ers are 10th and the Vikings are where are we 15th but there's tiny amounts of difference between the two of them um, so it's it's a tough one and I feel like my I feel like I might still be too low on the Vikings and it's it's a really hard one but I think both of these teams probably deserve to be in the playoffs, but maybe, maybe ultimately the loser of this game might be the one that misses out. Um, yeah. So it's it's a tough one. I honestly have no idea how you'd pick this game, I guess, because it does seem like a coin flip. I'd probably lean to just taking the Vikings with the points, but I do prefer the over here. Two top 10 teams in offensive DVOA going toe-to-toe generally results in a shootout. So I'll, I'll take the, uh, the over 49 here, but... Um, I yeah, think I if you look at this game... Overs. I've got a bit of a long shot on on oh. very speculative play on this game, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... It's, it's hard, like, Cousins is, Cousins is the advantage at QB and then Kyle Shanahan is obviously the bigger mismatch at, as head coach. So, mm. I mean, that's as, that's as deep as I'll go on any game this week because I'm actually genuinely curious for this one. Fair enough, too. Um, we'll move on to Sunday night football and it's uh, the Browns and Baltimore... Uh, in a huge game in the AFC North, of course. Uh, and the Baltimore Ravens will head in as favourites. Uh, minus three and a half they are. The total is 45 and a half. And it has to be now or never for the Cleveland Browns. If they, they want to make a statement, they're obviously two games behind the Ravens in the division race. 
Uh, they only had a very, very, very scrappy 13 to 10 win over the winless Lions last week, uh, which put them above 500 finally again. Um, and they're in striking distance now, but they they need to win this week and they need to to beat uh, Lamar Jackson, who will be back for the Ravens. Uh, Tyler Huntley in his first career start um, certainly was an eventful game and got them over the line against the Bears. It, it wasn't impressive, wasn't pretty, but they they got the job done, and that was the crucial thing in this log-jammed AFC North. Um, like I said, they're 6-5 now, the Browns, but they're still on the bottom of the division. But they've, they've got this game, obviously, and then a game at home against the Ravens, so anything can still happen. And as much as I want the Browns to win because of they were our picks uh, in the preseason for Nick and I to win the AFC North, I can't see them beating the Ravens uh, away from home here. Um, Kareem Hunt's a chance to potentially play, which would certainly help their chances um, against a, a pretty ordinary Ravens defense for the last couple of weeks. But they, they got the job done last week, as I mentioned, um, but that was only against the Bears. But look, it's hard to bet with any confidence in this game, and it's a reason why I'll be sitting out. But yeah, just hoping the, the Browns can, can keep that race wide open in the AFC North. It's, it's a tough one. You know, I, I still have Cleveland rated quite high in my ratings just because they do have a great roster. They have a good coaching staff. Um, and, you know, um, on paper, they still look great. But I think they have a, a big problem at one of the most important positions as QB. And my question for, for you and I guess for the audience as well is should Case Keenum start for the Browns? Because I certainly think he should. Um, I don't think baker is healthy or he's clearly not healthy but i also don't think even if he is healthy um he should start i think he should sit on the bench until case keenum case keenum's because he can be good for a while and, and but i think ultimately baker does give you your best chance but for now i think when you need stability at that position um i think case keenum should definitely start look a fully health fully healthy baker mayfield is no doubt a better option as you mentioned but and that's just not the case at the moment and and yep. we saw Case Keenum come in and and more than adequately take care of, of the of the ball and and do the job against the Broncos in that Thursday night game where he filled in for Mayfield and, and there was no reason to kind of go away from that and so Mayfield put his hand up and said he could play the week after but look I couldn't wouldn't hurt I mean they've 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 just put up thirteen points in total against the the Lions including a a scoreless second half. Um, yep. That, that offense is just not working at the moment um, with, with Mayfield leading it. So I, I don't see why they, they shouldn't try it and, and try and get Baker back to full health before the playoffs if they're going to yeah, make I, it. Like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're too good a roster not to make the playoffs. Mm. The, the, you know, the, the, all, the, all the luck and success they had last year, and, you know, obviously luck is just... You have good luck one year and bad luck the next year, and it, it's the difference between four or five wins really in the NFL, but... They've improved their roster. They've they've got more confidence. Like they sh- they should be, they should be playing better. So you know I expect better from from Cleveland, but I don't think it's going to happen this week. That um, they're going to go into this one more banged up than the Ravens, who are you know a very banged up team. But there's just so many injuries and illness question marks going to this one. But as you said, Lamar and Marquise Brown are back, and I think that completely transforms their offense because that deep shot opened things up underneath for you know Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins and. Helps their run game as well, so I do think um, they're they're more healthy. They're at home. Um, they've had a kind of a mini buy after that upset loss to the Dolphins. Lamar's had time to to get. Uh, sorry, no, they didn't have the mini buy. Sorry, they played against Tyler Huntley. Sorry, Lamar's had a mini buy. Sorry, apologies. Um, so he's had a bit more time here to to, to get right after that Miami mm. embarrassment. So I do think 
you know, with a banged up Baker and potentially without his top two receivers with both of those guys that are on the injury report. I, I like the Ravens here, even with the little extra hook um, at the minus three and a half. So, um, yeah, I'll be taking Baltimore minus three and a half here. Um, all right, last game of the weekend. It's a cracker. I mean, Monday Night Football. I mean, how can you not get excited for... For Seattle, they didn't change this because they've changed a few yeah. future weeks. They've changed week 13 and they've changed week 15, but they left this one in this. In yeah, it's, it's very, very strange. Um, but Seattle at Washington, Washington, a one point favorite, totals 46 and a half. And I mean, good on Washington for their little run over the last couple of weeks. There've been some legitimately enjoyable football games, but it's been the complete opposite for the Seahawks. Um, and if you think the drama around Russ's future last offseason after they went 12 and four was, was, pretty juicy um you better grab a chair and some popcorn because it's going to be fucking spicy this off season um after they come in at five and 12 or whatever the numbers are now with this new wacky 17 game season that's an absolute mess if you ask me but um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a spicy off season with, with that and um they've been abysmal for the last few weeks they've, they've gone 20 possessions without a touchdown until the late score on sunday and you only have to read Russell Wilson's Twitter account to, to know that this is dire straits here, that the bloke's just a potato as a human being. Um, he's tweeted nine hours ago, nothing is impossible with a photo of himself. Um, and then he posted another photo of himself on the 23rd of November, so two days ago, with the word resilient. So, I mean, what? <laughs> I think if you did a list of QBs you'd like to go for a beer with, I think Russell Wilson would be in the bottom two or three. Really of the league. And yeah. That's saying a lot when you consider some of the, the absolute, you know, people and that play QB in this league. Some of the strangest human beings in the in the sport are QBs. But yeah, it's it's a weird, weird state of affairs for Seattle. That my numbers have Seattle minus one and a half, but I'm not really touching it because I can't really trust those numbers because. I don't really know how to rate uh, Russell Wilson right now. So um, the range of outcome is huge. I mean, Russell Wilson on paper is, you know, a top five QB. You, you know, you've got Mahomes and, and you've got Brady and and, and um, Matthew Stafford and, and Kyler Murray. And then you kind of have your Russell Wilson's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but at the moment, he's probably, you know, closer to a Carson Wentz in terms of where I would have him in my ratings. And if that's the case, then this number's probably right. So it's it's a huge avoid um, and I'll, I'll be staying out of this game and just probably keeping an eye on Russell's Twitter feed for the next uh, week or so. <laughs> it might be more interesting than this game because, uh, like you said, yeah. it's an absolute fizzer for a Monday night especially. And they're two of the biggest disappointments of the season, no doubt. Um, obviously, both playoff teams from last season. And like you said, uh, Washington have kind of had a little mini revival with two straight wins and, and and they can stay in the playoff race if they actually win this and, and get back to five and six. I think Seattle are cooked. Obviously, the division they play in hasn't helped that. Um, but yeah, they they look a shell of them for themselves, don't they? And like, um, I'm not sure if you got that stat out, but yeah, they went 20 um, possessions without a, without a touchdown um, before they scored that kind of late touchdown against Arizona. Obviously, they laid an egg against Green Bay, which was the first one in Russell Wilson's career, and then um, we're pretty abysmal against uh, Colt McCoy and the Cardinals at home, mind you, with uh, the twelfth man giving them an extra. Yeah, they were booing them. Um, obviously, yeah. renowned for being the loudest stadium in the world, and and they just copped it on on their own end of offense. And look, it was um, 
it was pretty hard to watch Seattle and, and how they've been trying to move the ball the last few weeks. Their run game has been obviously non-existent. Um, since Chris Carson got injured, they haven't had anyone kind of step up. Alex Collins had maybe one good game. And then obviously Rashad Penny wasn't, he should be used more, but hasn't been. And, and it's just been a, a, been a disaster in Seattle and um, wacky wild Pete Carroll might've um, that tenure might've finally come to an end. And, and yeah, it, the potato, like you mentioned, Russell Wilson, we'll see what happens it's to him. Just, but, yeah, uh, I've, I've certainly got more belief bag. in Washington <laughs> at the moment than Seattle. But, yeah, it's a it's a must-avoid this game, and I'm not a, not a game I'm going to um, get involved in at all. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of the games this weekend. We need to decide on a lock, mate, and it's very important that we get this right because we are staring down the barrel of three straight losses yes. on the lock, and it's four and yes. seven now. So we, we must we must get a, a, a result here. Um, looking at the spreadsheet, we actually haven't agreed on a whole lot in no, terms of play. It's the Rams minus one, but I don't know, if I, can, I don't know if I can lock that up. I, no, I don't, I don't know. know if I'm confident enough to lock that up. To be honest, um, with your confidence and um, me leaning to the unders in that game and, um, and thinking Tampa are going to win. I'm happy to lock up the Bucks if you like. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's lock in the Bucks. Um, yeah. I think I, I agree with you. It's, it's hard to lock up the Rams. They're not in my best, best three bets. No, so, yeah. and neither mine. Um, I've got <coughs> yeah. the, like I said, got the, um, the Tampa game in my best, but not for the Tampa yep. result. But look, uh, if I had to lean it into a line in that game, it'd probably be that that one. So let's let's lock up Tampa Bay uh, minus three for our lock of the week to get us hopefully back to five and seven and some respectability. Um, I'll let you run through though your three best bets, mate, uh, and yep. your long shots and your player prop, please. No dramas, mate. So Tampa Bay, as we've locked up, is my best bet of the week minus three. Shop around. I still think you might be able to get some two and a halfs out there if you if you're keen. Um, under 44 and a half in the Jets Houston game. Sorry if you're following me and then you have to watch this game, but um, thankfully Red Zone should should cover it and you won't see any highlights, which means the total will go under. That's right. Um, and Baltimore minus three and a half. I'm not I'm not scared by the hook. Um, you know, the books do that on purpose. Uh, they try, they try and bait you in, um, but I think Baltimore ultimately are a better team right now and, and way more healthy than the Browns. A long shot, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Josh Allen, anytime touchdown, $3.10. I think he gets involved more and similar to Jalen Hurts against the Saints last week. Um, and I mentioned the Steelers' money line. It's not quite close to sort of that long shot territory. So I don't think the Steelers are really built to, to blow teams out of the water. So I'll take a margin here and take the Steelers 1-13 to at three fifty. Um, I think there's some 330s and 320s out there, but that's the best price yes. if you shop around. And... The player prop I like is Thanksgiving. There's a couple of options here that you can go. Darnell Mooney, 100-plus yards, 100-plus um, receiving yards, sorry, uh, at 425. Or you can, if you're not convinced he hits the triple digits, you can go 75-plus at the 250 um, on offer there. So I definitely think uh, Andy Dalton throws a few lollipops up there for, for Darnell Mooney to, uh, to give a lick, and we'll see how he goes. Some nice value there, uh, and that'll be nice when we don't watch that game. We turn it on and we see the result has already happened. So, and yeah. we just check the box scale, box score for Darnell Mooney. Uh, my best this week, um, going back to the well with Dallas. I think they can uh, respond tomorrow against the Raiders. Uh, so that's minus seven and a half Dallas Cowboys. 
New England Patriots to keep their role running against a pretty banged up Tennessee Titans, and that is minus six and a half. And as we mentioned just before, under 52 and a half in the Tampa Bay and Indianapolis Colts game. My long shots this week, I'm also playing the Pats in this one in an alternative line, minus three and a half into over 44 and a half. That's at 320. And here's my speculative one uh, in the Minnesota-San Francisco game. Both teams to score two or two or more touchdowns in each half, uh, and that's at uh, $23. Player prop I do like, though, a lot, and that's in tomorrow's games again. We didn't go too far um, with, obviously, the Lions not being up in in all the Monday games, unfortunately, here in Australia. But Ezekiel Elliott uh, to rush for over 60.5 yards against the pretty poor Raiders rush defense and that's at a dollar yeah, i like that especially with the especially with their receivers banged up they're going to lean on the run a lot yeah more, they'll so. lean on the run and and look um zeke we know he loves his thanksgiving he might jump in that salvation army uh yeah. tub again if he can, <laughs> if he, can he wants that turkey leg don't they win a turkey leg if he gets oh, they get the turkey, the, they yeah, the turkey yeah. always in the post-match interview yeah. don't they yeah. yeah so he'll he'll want that turkey leg for sure so yeah, yeah he does he's... like to get fed old zeke so yeah. hopefully he does yeah. get fed tomorrow in the dallas and <laughs> Raiders game. Mate, yep. thank you very much. Absolute pleasure having you on and actually having a chat with you. Uh, we'll have to do yep. it more often. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll tee that yep. up with Nick. We'll speak to him, the boss now, and uh, sort something out. But yeah, really appreciate you jumping on on short notice and uh, giving us a hand this week, mate. So Definitely. And uh, yeah, like if, if you need me again, I'll, I'll happily jump in. But I might, uh, I might save a, an appearance with the two of you towards the end of the season as we look to, look ahead to the playoffs and, and preview the playoffs. That might be the uh, the angle to go as we watch yeah, the I last sort of like plan, six man. to eight weeks unwrap. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that, that uh, the podcast is still going. So I'm thankful you were able to, to step into my uh, boots and, and keep Nick company and, and keep the show going. So I appreciate it. Appreciate no, it. Oh, mate, it's an absolute pleasure. So thank you very much. Um, again, uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Follow us, please, on social media, Twitter. We're at Punt Return Pod. On Facebook, we're Punt Return Podcast and Instagram at NFL Podcast. Thanks for tuning in as always. Jump on Twitter at Punt Return Pod. Uh, you can always tweet uh, myself at Ryan Laporte or at Nick Splitter as well, or jump on it. At Josh Y as well. I think it's what's your handle again, mate? At, at JY NFL. I might need Excellent. to change it. I'm not, I'm not really tweeting too much NFL these days. It's mostly just complaining about taunting penalties and and bad coaching decisions. <laughs> oh, God, so it should just be like angry men, angry dads. We won't open that can of worms now. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> Nick will be back in the chair, host chair next week. Until then, enjoy the weekend's football action, which of course begins with a triple header tomorrow.